So you're a philosopher? Yes. 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 I think very deeply. I think very deeply. I think very deeply. I think. I think. I think very deeply. In about four seconds, a teacher will begin to speak. I think very deeply. Let us begin. What, where, why, or when? We'll all be explained like instructions to a game. See, I'm not insane. In fact, I'm kind of rational. When I'm asking you, who is more dramatic than this one or that one? The white one or the black one? Black the punk and I'll jump up to attack one. Terrorist one is just the gotta lead a crew. Right up to your face and diss you. Everyone saw me on the last album cover. Holding a pistol something far from a lover. What up, everybody? It's your boy, Cousin Oz, the People's Mailman, back for another episode with Cousin Tony the Architect. Yes, I think very deeply. Yo, in about four seconds, a teacher will begin to speak. Uh, yo, let us begin. What, where, why, or when? Oh, my God. Boogie Down Productions, KRS-One, DJ Scott LaRock. You want to talk about goats? KRS-One is definitely on most hip-hop heads list when it comes to the best that ever did it. Fun fact, KRS-One actually stood for knowledge reigns supreme over nearly everyone. Knowledge is the key to opening doors in every aspect of life, including the hobby. And our next guest, Thirst and Quest for Knowledge, has propelled him into being the premier rookie card specialist. This man has made it his mission to decipher the complexity that is the rookie card. So join us as we welcome Mr. Victor Roman Sr., a.k.a. the rookie card specialist. Ayo Tone, take it away, cuz! All right, all right, Cousin Tone, get your pen and pad ready. It's time to go to school, baby. Our next guest has dedicated his time in the hobby to protecting the sanctity of the all-important rookie card. Some would call him a purist. I would call him a crusader sent by the hobby gods to bless us with the lost knowledge of the hobby. So sit up straight and pay attention as we are about to get schooled in the ways of the rookie. Let me introduce you to Mr. Victor Roman Sr., a.k.a. the Rookie Card Specialist. Welcome, Victor, to the Cousins Collectibles Podcast, baby. Wow. Yes, sir. Thank you for that. Bravo on that introduction, man. And it is a pleasure uh, and an honor to be on with you guys tonight. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, I am super excited, Victor. Bro, really. What you're going to bring to the table tonight, like I said, get your pen and pad ready because it's going to be crazy, the knowledge you're about to drop. So, Victor, I know you collected a majority of your life, and I believe you took a brief hiatus. Was it like maybe like 10 years or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then when you came back, things had changed just a little bit, just a little. And, yeah. then, you know, your ears kind of perked up and, you you know, your eyes opened wide. But we're going to get into that. But before we do, I just want you to give a, like a brief synopsis of your hobby journey. Who is Victor Roman Sr., the rookie card specialist? All right. Yeah, I was, um, I'm from originally from Bridgeport, Connecticut. I was uh, born in 1970. Um, I, I came to Northwest Indiana uh, in 1973. I started collecting. I didn't, I, I call it the seed being planted. And that was in 1976 with the ever popular food and beverage issues that were very prevalent with, um, post cereal Kellogg's and, and the hostess cakes. Right. And so that was kind of my introduction to the hobby as I, 
I was very eager on, on the days that mom went and got groceries. Right. So I was eager to get to those uh, sports cards and, but I didn't really understand the concept at such a young age. It wasn't until about 1980, 81, where, you know, my dad uh, brought home some packs of uh, sports cards for me. And I, I would say at that time is when I really became a collector. Uh, and, and it just more and more every year I got into it as I learned more and grew more. Uh, that was just my, my go-to. Uh, and then 1994, uh, I ended up becoming a dealer and I did that for about 10 years or so, but 2004, the hobby was really changing kind of like it is today. Started leaving a bad taste in my mouth. By this time I'm married, focusing on establishing my career. Um, my wife and I, we have five kids and it was just, uh, being pulled away to card shows every weekend was just getting harder and harder for us. So I, I decided at that time to step down. And then, uh, in 2014, um, I, you know, I was going through, I was going through a, a, a rough season of life and I ended up talking to a mentor friend of mine and, you know, he basically, you know, advised me, he says, Victor, man, you know, I've known you for a long time. He says, all I, all I know you to do is all you do is work. You have, what are your hobbies? What is it that you do? And I, I had no, I had no answer for him. And I ended up, I tried fishing and I tried golfing and I tried different things. And, but then sports, I was reminded of sports cards. Right. And, um, here I am, I'm back 2014. <laughs> A lot of things have changed since when you first started to where, you know, where it is now. And that's, that happened, uh, for both of us, you know, after taking, the long break from the hobby, things definitely are way different now than they were back then. So uh, as you got back in, why, why did you decide to dedicate such a major part of your collecting life to the rookie card? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great question. And it really boils down to, right, I grew up in the era of the 1980s and 90s, right, where uh, uh, there was a big rookie card boom in the 1980s. And, and Rookie cards were all the rage with, with everybody. And, and um, I know Beckett Publications, they had established a set of guidelines that really the hobby followed and, and the hobby respected as, as Beckett was the hobby authority back then. And, and Beckett Publications, over the course of the years, things changed. And, and those changes were recorded. And, and we were kind of advised as to what the standards are. And, and so the problem that I had with, when I came back to 2014 was as a, as a former rookie card collector, I just wanted to pick up where I left off. Uh, and I wanted to collect cards of, you know, Francisco Lindor and, and Chris Bryant and some of the younger guys. And, and I go to eBay, I fired up my eBay store again and or not my eBay store, but my eBay account got back into that. And I started shopping and I started to see a, uh, listings with rookie card, everybody saying that it was a rookie card and, and you looked at it and there was three, four, sometimes a five year span of everything being considered a rookie card. And I'm like, I, I remember where it was back in 2004. Now what the heck is going on with this rookie card thing? And then I started to see an MLB RC logo on a lot of the cards and, and that piqued my curiosity and I just started digging and doing my homework and, and learning a little bit more about that. I gotcha. 
So, I mean, before I kick it to Oz, because now there's there's a couple of things that happened prior to all these, you know, to you coming back that kind of served into, I mean, let's be honest, driving you a little nuts. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm passionate, bro. That's yeah. all. It's when I speak, you know, I'm, I'm just passionate yeah. about what I'm speaking Not, about. Nothing and wrong with that. It brother. comes yeah. off a little bit, but it, I really, I'm a teddy bear, man. You know what that yeah. comes from? I, I heard you talking that you're you've been in the union a long time, right? You've been a representative, you have been management as well. So you you yep. kind of have that in your blood already. Yeah. Yep. There's a big Be, part being of it. able to uh, debate and you know. Yeah. Get yep. to the bottom of things. Right. <laughs> Sounds like somebody I know. <laughs> <laughs> I do a show with a mailman every week that gets a little passionate about uh, certain things, but <laughs> yeah, that's neither here nor there. I'll. Uh, I'll you know. <laughs> I'll let him have the uh, the floor now before he gets too passionate about me taking his time. <laughs> no, nah, it's all good. It's all good. So you're talking about how you came back and all of a sudden everything seems to be a rookie card. Everybody, depending yeah. on the seller, who's doing what, you know, this is the card, that's the card. And for a long time, brother, I, you know, when I got back into it, which is a few years ago, and I, I seen everything the way it was, I, just like you, I'm like, what the hell is this? You yeah. know, like I knew a way to collect and now it's like everybody – has a rookie from this set, that set. It didn't matter what. It was just the person on eBay who, you know, who spoke the loudest, yelled the loudest, said, no, this is this one, this one. And it right. just got real confusing. Yeah. And I can totally understand, you know, your vibe when you came back and why you're like, man, let me really dive deep into this. Um, now, there's a few specific hobby instances that you talk about that were like catalysts to what seems now as like the never-ending rookie debate. So talk to us about Daryl Strawberry in 1983 and 84 and Barry Bonds in 86 and 87. Talk about those two instances and what, you know, with the Daryl Strawberry situation with his rookie card and then Barry Bonds. Yeah. Um, well, according to my research, guys, and I'll be honest with you, the, 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 the rookie card wasn't even considered a rookie card prior to like 1976. Before then, it was just considered um, the first card. Right. And it wasn't really as popular as it is today. I mean, it was a thing, but it wasn't as big as it is today. But a group of collectors started going to card shows looking for first cards and asking for first cards. And this this group of guys, especially in the Philadelphia areas where where the this this really took off and it started uh, people started asking and just more and more people started asking for the first card. And, and really what it was, the 1974 when Hank Aaron broke the record, Babe Ruth's record, there was a big push for Hank Aaron rookie cards. And so that kind of like swept the nation. Everybody was looking for that card. And then the big red machine, the Cincinnati Reds, come along in 1975 and 76, winning World Series. And now everybody's pursuing Pete Rose rookie cards. Well, Pete Rose's rookie card in particular had the word rookie on it, uh, on the on the card design. And so that really everybody, the transition from first card and rookie card started happening around 1976. And and so this started gaining a lot of momentum within the hobby. Everybody is not everybody, but a lot of people were starting to pursue the rookie card. And this momentum just continued to go and go and go. And around 1983, 1984, there was a big rookie card boom that happened, right? But the thing that really was the, the pivotal moment of it all was, you know, up until 1980, it was only tops. And then we had Donruss and Fleer 
won that lawsuit against Tops, and now they're allowed to create cards, right? And a, a lot of us collectors, we love the competition, right? And we felt like that was a good thing in the hobby. And just the thought is, is that this competition was for the designs and who was going to create the most creative set. And But really, the competition was more along who was going to be the first company to print the rookie card of certain players. And it was a race to be the first. Uh, and so that's what Tops ended up doing. Uh, in 1981, they started their traded sets. And that continued in 1983. Daryl Strawberry is featured in the set. And he ends up winning Rookie of the Year. And he entered the league in May of two, in 1983. But there was on, that only that, that Tops card. And that was it. And so 1984 comes out. Everybody puts a rookie card of um, Daryl Strawberry in there, but that starts causing ruckus within the hobby. Uh, and, and so a lot of collectors were saying it's the 1984, and others collectors were saying, no, 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 the 1983 is his first. And so Beckett Publications, their first monthly episode uh, issue was November of 84. And for 1983, Tops traded for the Daryl Strawberry rookie card, they put RC question mark, uh, pretty much indicating that this is a debatable rookie card, right? It's questionable. And so that sends certain hobbyists through the roof and other hobbyists were like, Beckett got it right. Mm -hmm. And so they issued the 84s as the rookie card. And, and so uh, over time, Beckett Publications ended up changing it to an XRC identifier, right, uh, which is an extended rookie card. And a lot of people think that that means an extra rookie card, or, mm -hmm. but it's really um, here. I'm going to show you guys these sets. You guys remember these, right? Yeah, yeah. traded yeah. sets. Yeah. Yep. And I'm, I'm, what I'm, for those on the podcast, I'm showing them a, a box set of 1981 Tops Traded. And if you look in the box here, it says card numbers 727 through 858. Okay. Yep. Right along the bottom. So basically what this means is that this is an extension of the regular set. So there's top series one, top series two, and the extended set, right? And so for, for the extended sets, they decided to use an XRC identifier. But again, um, it just... A lot of people didn't agree. There was no unity within the hobby on this topic. And, and then in 1986, the same thing happened with the Barry Bonds. Okay. Uh, and, and the issue got so heated at one point in, in 1988, Beckett decided to even stop using the XRC identifier, hmm. but they were forced to bring it back years later. And so there's just this long history of, of debate with the XRCs. I personally, I call them, you know, um, there's, I, I like to call them pre-rookie cards, me personally. Uh, but uh, that was the identifier that was given uh, many years ago. I think it was the right call because then we, if we don't, then we do, we, we void out the, the, the next year's cards, right? The 1984. Yeah. Yeah. If we go with 83, then the 84s don't mean anything. And so tough decisions had to be made at the time, right? right. And, and it, we can look back in hindsight and say, hey, Micah Publications got it wrong. But, but I really think that's unfair because 
what we have to do is place ourselves in that time period and really look at what the hobby was up against at the time and tough decisions had to be made. And I respect those decisions, I guess you can say. Yeah. And, and Dr. Beckett was a huge influence when it came to that. And I remember you were interviewing him and he specifically said there was times that he put things in his magazine just to start a fire. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah, I just put that in there just to start discussions. You know, I knew it was going to get everybody in up in arms, but you know, what the hell? I just did it. Cause I could, <laughs> <laughs> it was basically what he said, you know, it was like, and it, it's just crazy to me. Cause it just, the debate could just go on. And that was just two or three cards. Now it's, I mean, the, you know, like I said, the cat's out the bag. So try to, you know, I, I know Victor, you're on this crusade to try to, you know, the rookie and, and keep it, you know, sanctified and pure. And, and but it's like nowadays it's how do you do that, man? Right. You know, it, it was a lot easier back then. And, Dr. Beckett basically came out and said, listen, if you don't like what's going on now, go to vintage. If, if you really want yeah. to be able to collect, you know, the, the right way, the pure way, the purest and, uh, you know, have the rookie mean what it is. You, you're going to have to go back to vintage because nowadays it's just it's just wild, it wild west. It, it's crazy what, what's going on out there with one ones and all types of things. So. Like, talk to me about the influence that Dr. Beckett has had on you and, and you know, on, in your, uh, you know, quest to, to try to get the, the rookie card. You know. Yeah, he's, he's been a, he's been a blessing. I know, um, you know, he reached uh, I, I was I would listen to his podcast and he was asking for episode ideas on one time and mm -hmm. and he gave out an email address where you can contact him. And, um, and I was, I was hesitant because this is a, a pretty deep subject. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I went ahead and, and I typed up an email, sent it to him as an idea. And uh, I, I left him a link to my channel and, and he ended up contacting me and, and he's been a big, uh, supporter of what I'm doing. Um, uh, a big encourager, but also, Hey, telling me when I'm when I'm off my rocker, you know what I mean. So yeah. he's kind of, I uh, guess, uh, in in I guess I would claim him as a as a mentor. I don't know if he would claim me as a mentee, but <laughs> <laughs> but, but I really have been um, grateful for the 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 guidance that he's uh, given me and and kind of uh, encouraged me, and that's kind of the biggest thing. Yeah, he's definitely like a Yoda. Yeah. So he. It's unbelievable. Just listening to you, you think you know something and then you, you throw it to Dr. Beckett and what comes out of his mouth is totally different. Not even in the same hemisphere that you were thinking. You were like, holy crap, your mind's blown. And it's like, wow, I never even thought of it like that. Yeah. Um, so it's amazing the wealth of knowledge that Dr. Beckett is able to bring and just being on Hobby Hotline and being able to interact with him is cool. And, you know, the interactions that you have with him. So, I, you know, man, Dr. Beckett. Bow down, brother. You are the man. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, I I watched the uh, the interview that you guys did together that you did with him, and like you said, it, and even I I talked to him one time. I was on Hobby Hotline with him. It was exactly that. Like I said, whatever I thought, and then he's like digested and just comes at me with some other stuff. I was like, man, yeah, I'm just gonna sit back and just listen, man. You just talk, <laughs> and I'm I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Um, so Victor, uh, you know, because of all these debates and, and to me, I, think, I, I mean, obviously now it's, it's even worse than what it was, but, um, you, you put your money where your mouth is, man, you actually, so you reached out to the MLB players association to discuss their designations. 
of these cards. So talk to us about that and what's significant about the year 2005. I'll start with, with 2005. So as the rookie card evolved through the 90s into 2000s, okay, where, what was happening in the hobby was there was a lot of people getting frustrated, so much so that it made it to like the Players Association level. And, and the biggest issue was that we were go- we've gone from uh, every year, it seemed the rookie card, they were printing more and more types of rookie cards, right? 1996, players had maybe 13. By the time Albert Pujols, Ichiro Suzuki come in, they had like 50 rookie cards. And it's like, we were like, what the heck is going on? And it started, at least for me, it started to become like, the hobby is turning into a hobby for millionaires because the average Joe, there's no way that we can keep up with, with all of this. And then it just kept going with even uh, when LeBron James came on board. I mean, LeBron James has 63 uh, rookie cards. If you don't count parallels, he's got 63. Um, And so, you know, by the time 2004 hit, there was a, like a mass exodus of collectors leaving the hobby. They're just priced out, exhausted from all the product being released. And the PA stepped in and they basically said, in, starting in 2006, we're going to set a set of expectations and here's how it's going to be. And so they, they laid that out in, in what they call, we're hoping to limit the amount of confusion that is, out there about the rookie card. So they set some standards in place. A big part of it, speaking with Dr. Beckett, is the PA was putting a lot of pressure on him that basically what they were trying to tell Dr. Beckett in a, in a nice way was, we don't want you to make the call of what a rookie card is. We want to make that call. And so the PA came in with, a, with an agenda to bring clarity per se, and and so they took over in 2006 and basically set the standard for the card manufacturers that certain things have to be met, like a like a, a an identifier on the card front. That's like one of them. Um, the big issue was that they were printing cards of prospect players that never even made it to the majors. So one of their stipulations was you can't create a rookie card until that person actually makes it onto a pro roster then you're allowed to make cards. So so they set some standards in place that really make sense, that were really legit, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is that card manufacturers, in my opinion now, instead of looking to comply, they started looking for loopholes. And so now we start creating gray area, right? And now we start doing little gimmicks and little shenanigans or mistakes and miscues that really muddy the waters of the rookie card all the more. And so I reached out to the players association and I typed them up an email, basically um, filing a grievance, I guess you can say, right (laughs) now, I I really went into it, not expecting an an answer. And I still to this day have not had an answer. Now, Mm -hmm. the reason for that is, is because they're not under legal uh, obligation to respond to me there. I don't have a contract with them or they with me. I plan on reaching out to them yet again. um, And and I'm hoping to get what I want to get my hands on is like, give us the standards. I don't, I don't care what they are. Just show us a legal document, a contract, um, 
stating what your expectations are, you know, and uh, that's, that's kind of my, my goal. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's awesome. You know, when, when I just heard the concept of it and how you, you were talking to the audience and like, listen, we're going to go through this, through this together. We're going to do this together. I was like, Oh, that's, that's pretty dope, man. Um, yeah. Now I heard you mentioning the 10 commandments of the rookie card. Yeah. Yeah. Like what, 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 I didn't get the whole breakdown. So what does that mean? Like, is that like just how you feel or is this like what the hobby considers like the OGs, what it is to have, you know, a rookie card to be a rookie card? Yeah. So in, in 2016, when I decided to tackle this issue head on, I started doing a lot of research and I mean a lot of research and I started writing articles on my website, on my findings and, and, my website really with my articles became kind of like my platform, a way to like me just to like dissect my thoughts and put things on paper per se. Um, and I was, I was, I was researching in one of the forums one time and I asked a question on rookie cards and somebody responded back to me and he says, pick up uh, issue 247 of Beckett baseball October of 2005, and it's going to explain to you uh, what went on. And so I picked up that copy, and in there is an article by, written by Mike Payne, and he was basically at that press conference where the PA uh, gave the expectations. And he wrote an article basically giving the lowdown of what happened at that, at that meeting. So uh, I decided to create a list of the Ten Commandments of the Rookie Card, and I don't mean to be uh you know religious or irreligious about that that's just a, a catchy term that i wanted yeah. to grab people's yeah. attention right but i created this document and the first five commandments one through five are basically the rules that were set by the players association in 2005 and still to this day is the the guidelines that are expected for the card manufacturers to follow those five are still in play. Okay. Now commandment six through 10 is what the hobby has deemed as rookie card guidelines over the years. Now there have been more, but some of them have become obsolete. So the ones that I present to you on six through 10 are actually hobby standards that still to this day carry a lot of weight. Now I know, you know, a lot of that is, doesn't pertain to like the the ultra modern right um because card manufacturers are not bound by the by the guidelines that the hobby has established right right they carry no weight to them at all um but commandments one through five the one by that the pa has established mm -hmm. those they're bound to um, I find this fascinating because this is one topic that I always talked about when I got back into the hobby because it's like to me, it's like collect what you love, collect what you like, how collect however the hell you want. If you want to collect rookie cards, you can collect that. If you want to collect, you know, one set of players or a team or a particular player, whatever, you can do whatever you would like. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, you have people that they get up, you know, again, not trying to be blasphemous, but they get up on their pulpit and they say, okay, this is how you should collect. This is the proper way to collect and anything outside of that, you know, you're basically wasting your time. And I always said to Tony, I was like, bro, who is on top of this 
Mount Hobby. You know, this Mount Olympus, these 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 super collectors that that make all these rules and they they're set in stone, almost like the Ten Commandments, and they hand it that you know they bequeath yeah. it to to the hobby and say, okay, this is how you're supposed to collect. And I always wondered, like, you know, where are these things coming from? Is it just like OG collectors in some room, like some old gangsters that just sit back? And come up with these things or is it like a, like you know now that you're talking about the first five being actual you know the pa association and 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 you know getting those contracts with you know how it should be with the card companies that that's pretty dope i find that intriguing and but i'm really interested like what are the other five that the hobby you know says is the standard for you know rookie collecting and what a rookie card is yeah and and, and the way it has been for for many many yeah. years up until recently uh but really a rookie card that must come from the base set, right? So insert cards, subset cards, that really has never been a thing within the hobby. They have, they've been considered like rookie inserts, but we, we walked through this a long time ago, the hobby and decisions were made back then. You know, this is kind of the hobby standard. It's a base set. It gotta come from the base set. The second one is pack form nationally distributed. OK, that also carries a lot of weight amongst uh, collectors. And I don't know and, and I don't know if that type of collector, I, I don't know how many people are left. There might be a, just a small remnant of people. I haven't been able to put my finger on that. Are, are we a silent majority or are we a silent minority? Yeah. Uh, so that much I, I, I don't know as of yet, but uh, it must not come from like a food and beverage issue or, or some type of regional issue. The The goal has always been that there should be fair and equal chance at owning said card. That's how compact form national distribution was always the standard. When you have little regional sets that were released only in, in Chicagoland region, that's not fair and equal chance to the hobby. Right. And, and so things like, um, uh, Inserts and parallels. I inserts and parallels. Parallels were often uh, rejected back in the day. Now that didn't start changing till like the mid two thousands, and then collectors started to say, "Now wait a minute, no parallels are legit." And I've even changed my stance on parallels. Uh, but it really, uh, if if you were to look at the ultra modern hobby and compare it to the old standards, really the only thing that should be a rookie card is the base set the parallels of those base set cards image variants uh and and that's really about it and and the problem that we have today is we put the rookie card logo on absolutely everything mm-hmm. and and it yeah. uh you know a good example shohei otani has 2870 cards produced of him in 2018 and all of them have an rc logo on them <laughs> And I just have a really hard time wrapping my head around that. See, it's like people are, are hobby. Are you serious? Yeah, we're gonna accept two thousand eight hundred and seventy rookie yeah. cards of a player. Like so, basically the way thing. Oh, and and uh, pricing. So now you know we have the high end stuff that people you get people that are automatically priced out. Right. You don't even have a shot. Right. So that, that goes. Go ahead. That flies in the face of what yeah. the true spirit of the rookie card is. And that is that it should be obtainable to all people. It should be a fair and equal chance at owning that card. Now you want to come out with, you know, national treasures at, you know, $2,500 a box. Yeah. 
not yeah. many people have that type of money to go ahead and, and like you say, it's not available to everyone. So right, right off the bat, you're breaking the rules. It's exclusive to, right. to a, a certain set of people. And right. But then everybody's saying, hey, that's their rookie card out of the, you know, out of 99, Luca. Yeah. On card auto with the pack. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody and, can afford it. And you get a lot of articles and you get a lot of YouTube videos saying these are the 10 best cards of John Morant. Yeah. And it's all it's all high end. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't even have a shot. Like, and and then it kills the base card, where the base card is. Like you said, if everybody should have a shot, it should be where that's where I think tops. Um, the flagship stuff will always kind of hold water. I think, but even though now, I mean, we have the higher end stuff, but um, everybody has a shot at it. Right. Where it, other products. You don't like you don't. I'm, I'm not buying a National Treasures box. I'm not buying a Prism box. I, yeah, I can't. Like, I would love to, but yeah, you know, it just. But in, and even if you did, there's no guarantee you're going to get right. anything anyway. So you could yeah. just spend an absorbent amount of money, and it, it's gambling. It's gambling. So then that's where breaking comes into play. Where I guess that, yeah, you know, that can get the regular Joe Schmo and the hobby access to those cards. Mm -hmm. Victor, yeah, can you settle the debate for me? Mm -hmm. 86 Fleer or 84 Star Jordan. Oh man, <laughs> are you able to do that? Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, I actually did a video on this topic, uh, but I'm a firm believer that it's the 86, 87 Fleer, and and um, I just think that, <clears throat> you know, I, I understand the ultra modern collector wanting to have something rare uh, and, and something unique. And that's that's all cool. And, and I don't have a problem with that. And, and there's been this resurrection of 84 star um, valid. I, I think it's a fantastic card. But I think to now discount the 86, 87 as that that's wrong. It's this one. I, I think that's really unfair uh, to just we want to like rewrite history. And I don't think that's that's fair to collectors who own an 86, 87 Fleer, yeah. who probably have had to make a lot of sacrifice to own that card. And now to disqualify that card because you like this one because it's more rare, uh, I think it's it's really unfair. And so there are some issues that I have had with the 84 Star Company as I research that. Um, there, To me, it really is disqualified because of the distribution method. If you look at the legalities of it all, it, it really, you know, were, were cards that were created in a basement that were sold out of, out of a back trunk of a car. And, and that's not, that's not how distribution works, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and they're just such a small amount. They didn't even come in pack form. They were, you know, released in, in team set format. Uh, that really gave more like a regional feel to them, right? right. And, and again, it just, when it came to the rookie card standards of the day, it just never matched up. And yeah. and so uh, the, it never has been considered the rookie card until right. here recently. Gotcha. Yeah, it's amazing the journey of the 86 Fleer, especially with the boom, how, how you know, yeah. it went from like eighty thousand dollars to almost i think at one point was it eight hundred fifty thousand maybe yep, nine, yeah. almost a million dollars and now it's dropped drop back down to anywhere from a <laughs> hundred to, to 250 a gem in 10 obviously we're talking about right um and then as soon as that drop came then all the people that have the star that own the star cards are coming out of the woodworks 
oh, I don't even know why you guys are talking about the 86 Fleer. That That's no. not the rookie. This is the rookie car. So then you yeah. have, it's almost like a pump and dump session coming out. Right. And then PSA gets involved. And yeah. That turn, like, and then now it's all of a sudden, I'm like, come on, man. This is so predictable. Like, are you guys really serious right now? Like right, two, right. Literally two seconds ago, you guys were hyping up the 86 Right, Fleer, right. <laughs> and now that's crap. And now this is the one. Yeah, so predictable in it, but you know, I really I wanted to hear from from a man who actually this is this is what you do, you know, rookie cards. I wanted to hear your stance on that. Now, besides that, you know, aside from all the multiple versions of you know rookie cards, collecting habits, and how everything's evolved and changed, what are some of the bigger changes in the hobby that stick out to you recently? Well, I think um, the biggest changes has been. Like not negative or positive, either changes. or whatever either floats or. your boat, Victor. Um, you know the I'm gonna I'll stay with the positive changes. I think, you know, what the PA established was a good idea. Uh, their 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 thoughts were in the right place, but I think they failed in the area of exec, um, execution or or keeping accountable that the rules are followed. Right, so they kind mm -hmm. of allowed all of this um, uh, broadness, I call it, it's, it's broad. So they've allowed the definition to be very, very broad, too broad. And, and I'm one where I don't want it to, I don't want the definition of a rookie card to be narrow. I don't want to go back to the eighties and have this narrow definition. That was fine for the day, but I don't think a very broad definition is healthy either. And so, that's how I'm, I'm looking at it, and, and I'm, I'm wanting uh, and I'm preaching where the rookie card needs to come under reform once again. It, it hasn't been established since 2005, and I think we need to come back to the drawing board, and we need to reset the parameters and kind of tighten the belt a little bit because um, with no accountability, things have just been allowed to be just out there and way too broad. The wild, wild west is what we have now. And we have young collectors coming in that have absolutely no idea. They're absolutely ignorant of the history and the evolution of the rookie card. And to me, they're, they, they're getting taken to the cleaners. When you look at some of these listings on eBay and, and they're, they're pumping them up as rookie cards. And it's like, man, that card got what? How much? Yeah. You know, and, and people are against my message. People who have an agenda. Right. Uh, and they... They want me to shut my mouth, yeah. uh, uh, but I'm trying to uh, bring education to the evolution of what the rookie card has been. And I'm just trying to get um, the certain hobbyists to just be aware. Yeah. And I want you, I want them to understand that not all rookie cards are created equal. Right. And, and we have to have a little bit of knowledge and, and collect what you want, buy what you want, but also know what you're, you're getting. Right. Yeah. And, and don't get taken to the cleaners uh, purchasing something that you're thinking is a rookie card when traditional, traditionally uh, the, some collectors even today will tell you, no, that's not a rookie card. Yeah. <laughs> Just offering clarity. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and so the, the, the obvious question then is how do we do that? Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, and I think it, it, it all comes down Number one, education, but number two, reform, right? There, there has to be reform, uh, but it can't come from the hobby. And I know a lot of people are against that, but 
a lot of people want to say, hey, no, the hobby decides, you know, and, and the hobby decides what a rookie card is. But my thing is, when I look at history, when I look at where we are, where we were yesterday and where we are today, what exactly is it that we've decided? I don't, I don't see that we've decided anything except more rookie card debate. Yeah. And, and so I think. It has to come, changes have to come from a, the legal authority, which is in this case is the Players Association. And my, th my, my biggest thing that I really enjoy is what ComC has established. And, and they've really split it up into a pre-rookie card, a rookie card, and a rookie year. And there's a, a, a specific designation for each card. And, and, and I think drawing those lines of clarity would be fabulous. And I don't think it'll take much for the players association to really implement this because they're doing certain things, right? For example, um, prospect cards, they don't have a rookie card emblem on them and by rights, they shouldn't. So they don't even have to do anything with those. Those are fine just the way they are. Uh, the rookie card is fine just the way it is, you know, Rookie card parallels are fine just the way they are. The only difference that I would suggest is in the uh, inserts and parallels. And I, I recommend that let's remove that RC logo and let's replace it with RY, okay. signifying that it's a rookie yeah. year. Yeah, it's fair. a card that was established in his rookie year. However, it doesn't fall under complete guidelines of what a rookie card really is. That's all it takes is for them to change that one emblem on the inserts and subsets. And, and there's those lines of clarity will be, will fall into place naturally. Right yeah. there. What you just said, that was mind blown. Like, damn, yeah. that's really all it takes because whew, like, like you said about Shohei Otani, like over 2000 rookie cards, like yeah. you can go ahead and, and make it. E it's, it's about just make, not making it look collecting. Isn't easy. It used to be where back in the day, okay, you had one or two rookie cards, but now there's so many things going on. But that's what's, you know, so thrilling and exciting about it, the thrill of the hunt and getting those cards and being able to pull the rookie cards and things like that. But if you had those specific designations on those cards, it makes it a lot simpler to understand. And, you know, for Tony and I, it's like when it comes to baseball, dude, I don't even touch dog. It's like I'm hands off. I don't know what's what. I don't know what, you know, yeah. Chrome. I don't know prospect. I don't know this, that, and the third. I'm just like, yo, you guys have at it. You know, I'll, I'll stick to, you know, just collecting Allen Iverson and, and, sp and specific players that I, I that I like. So I, it's like that to me would be awesome just to have that designation. Yeah. Yep. See, now you see why I collect Clemente. It's easy. He has one rookie card. <laughs> right. That is it. <laughs> so, um, so, Victor, um, let me fire you up real quick because I know you uh, get passionate, as they say. Yeah, yeah. So talk to me about the 2022 Mona Lisa rookie card. Ah, yes. <laughs> ridiculous. Let's leave this start there. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. So Topps decided, I think it was in Topps Gallery, they decided to create a Mona Lisa card and they put an RC logo on it. And... Uh, you know, I was reading some comments from certain places where, again, some people agreed with that. Other people didn't. didn't right. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, it kind of like struck me odd because it's a, it's really a novelty card. Right. It's not really even yeah. 
uh, and I'm not against novelty rookie cards, but mm -hmm. to just throw a Mona Lisa in the middle of a, a, of a set and just put an RC logo on it to me was just, come on here. And again, here, see, it's, it's not, uh, did Mona Lisa, was she, uh, on, on a MLB roster this year, you know, did, <laughs> did she debut in the, in the yeah. MLB? I mean, what are we doing here? People, you know, you know? And, but the thing was that, like you said, I mean, that wasn't even her first card anyways. Exactly. So that was and, and so 2011 Heritage has a Mona Lisa. And if you do a little bit of research, you'll find that she has a 1992 Pro Set card. And, and it's like, yeah. and you're going to put an RC logo on a 2022? Tops, are you kidding me? It's like, to me, it's either, here's what I think has happened, okay? You had had the, the boomer generation that was around, and mm -hmm. they established those guidelines, right? I think they've all retired, right? And so they've replaced them. Uh, they probably downsized like a lot of companies are. And they're probably hiring some really young interns, probably fresh out of college. And they're putting them in those spots. And they don't have any prior hobby history experience. Gotcha. And so now we, we have this um, creative session. And we say, let's, let's put a rookie card logo on the Mona Lisa. It'll be so cool. But it's it's not it's not a rookie card, not by definition, and it's not even even if it was, it's not her first card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit of research, people. Yeah, just I mean, I, I I like it, I like it, but now I got to get that nineteen was it ninety two yeah. pro set. Now I got to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's probably yeah. something now that I'm gonna go ahead and chase now. I'm gonna get all three. Taste the rainbow. There, <laughs> there you go. go. <laughs> so let's dive into your PC, brother, a little bit. So obviously you collect rookie cards, but give us a little more insight into your collection, what it looks like, as well as telling us about the nostalgic card in your PC. I, my PC is going to be considered boring to a lot of folks because my preference is base set rookie cards, right? You know, I, I have vintage. I also have, I'm a big uh, Jordan collector, uh, but I'm also, I also get into ultra modern, to be honest with you. I, I, I there's a lot of players I like, um, you know, Tatis to Acuna Jr. to Soto. I, I love picking up those guys, but I'm, I'm not going to spend the money on, on, on parallel cards. It's just not my preference. Yeah. I'm a base set guy. Uh, to me, a base set rookie card is, 100% pure uh, traditional rookie card. And, and that's kind of what I, but I also like PSA set registries. So a lot of what I do is, uh, you know, there's a lot of set registry, like Kobe Bryant rookie card set registry. It's, it's like 16 cards showcasing all of his rookie cards from that come from the base set. And I have a ton of that type of stuff from vintage all the way to ultra modern. Um, as far as nostalgia cards are concerned, there's two of them in my collection that are of, of the utmost, um, value to me as far as nostalgia. And, and the first one is my Roberto Clemente, uh, rookie card. Nice. And this one is, uh, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful four. It, it looks nice. a lot nicer than a four when you look at it in, in, in person. But this one, it means a lot to me uh, because uh, my parents are both from Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. And, and I remember just growing up um, with them, uh, they would always uh, not, I shouldn't say always, but on occasion, you know, at the dinner table, they would always tell me stories about, Roberto Clemente and, and watching him play when they were young. And, and I was big into baseball when I was a kid. 
and and just every time they would tell me those stories, man, I would just you know be very attentive, and I just yeah. I loved it, and it just brings back a lot of memories. This guy um, has a lot of um, uh, nostalgia factor. This the family line, you know, it was passed down to me that he was a hero. He was our people's hero. And, and when I read about him and did book reports about him, I found that what my parents were saying was true and it just held so much weight in my heart. You know what I'm saying? And I I have a a big collection of Clemente, but Ricky is most favorite. This one also, and this one is the 1975 tops Ozzie Smith rookie card. My dad was watching a White Sox game and I was just playing with my cards on the floor and I showed this card to my dad. I says, "Dad, look, this this guy, he's got sideburns just like you. And if you if you look at his mustache and his sideburns, it's exactly what my dad had. Even even the skin tone was pretty close to my dad's. And I always thought that this guy looked like my dad. And, and but I remember my dad saying, "Yeah," and this was around 1981. And and I remember my dad saying, "Ozzy Smith is a pretty good ball player, son. You want to take care of that card, right?" Yeah. And, and so I remember my Ozzy Smith card went into my, I had a little cigar box with a bunch of little trinkets in it. And in there was my Ozzy Smith rookie card. And, and, and for those reasons, those two cards mean the world to me. That's awesome. That's awesome. That, that's, that's the favorite part about man. When, when you can, when the, when the cards have stories attached to them other than, yep. you know, other than I, I outbid the guy on eBay. Right. So, <laughs> so all right, man. So we're going to crown you king of the hobby. So what, what are some of the edicts that you'd be laying down on the collecting universe if you were to be uh, <laughs> sitting up on the throne where, where Oz says where all these, these secret, yeah, 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 yeah. Where all these secret rules are, are, are thought you're of. At, and you're at the head of, of yeah. Mount Hobby. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, it, it would be um, rookie card reform. Yeah. Rookie card reform is definitely needed. And that would be my, my top priority. And, and when I say reform, there's basically, you know, five reasons why I think it needs reform. And, and uh, you know, those who know my material have heard me uh, preach this many a times. But for those who don't know, I believe I'll give you the real short version. I believe the rookie card needs reform because of current eBay listings. I think it needs reform because the industry has no idea what a rookie card is. If you go to every major company and ask them what their company's definition is of a rookie card, you're not going to get a single answer. You're going to get a wide variety of answers. If you even get an answer at all, not even Beckett publications will put, will define a rookie card in their publications anymore. And there's just uh, this industry standard that is all over the place. Um, but it, the rookie card needs reform because the guidelines that have been established are good, but they've been allowed to get too broad, right? We need to tighten up the belt a little bit there. Yeah, fair uh, the fourth reason I think the rookie card needs reform is because the base rookie card has been devalued. And I just think it is so disrespectful to devalue a base set rookie card and to consider it garbage like verbally we are saying that don't pursue these these are garbage how how can we say that um in in a, in a hobby that is established by majority being collectors i believe there's 
a large portion of the hobby that is more collector focused than investor focused and to to slap the collectors in the face uh but at the same time that's kind of what's happening right and i think i think we need to maybe go back to putting serial numbers on base set rookie cards i think would be a good idea um but they need to figure this thing out and they got to find a way to make the base set rookie card great again, right? Not not to quote anybody, but <laughs> let's make base set rookies great again. <laughs> love it, love it. And lastly, is is you know, not all rookie cards are created equal, guys. We have to come to terms that there is some have more weight than others, and and these you know like a, a rookie debut or or an, or an insert card, a a cheap insert card, even you know we're we're those aren't, those aren't, they're not going to carry as much weight as other rookie cards. So okay. we need to, we need to bring some structure and some boundaries and some guidelines to this thing for it to make sense to everybody. Gotcha. All right. Fair enough. Hey, before I kick it over to Oz for the last question, let everybody know where they can find you and your content and everything. Yeah, I'm basically I'm either on Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube at true underscore RCS. All right, brother. So this is usually our last question. What we try to get is tips and tricks for newer collectors that are coming in, and even for the people that have been here a while that they think they know but really don't know. Like, give some nuggets of wisdom that you can give to these people when they're coming in, and just you know a a good way to try to figure out how to collect and not get in trouble, you know, buying things that they shouldn't be buying. Like what, what tips and tricks would you give to somebody brand new coming in? Yeah, I would say, uh, cause I, you know, the rookie card is what probably the most popular card in the hobby today. Right. Yeah. Um, but again, when we look at it historically and, and it goes back to this, not all rookie cards are created equal. Um, just know what you're getting yourself into. You, you do a little bit of homework on on um, what rookie cards really are are and and which ones are going to really carry more weight, perhaps long term. And and uh, you're gonna f don't go so much off of you know what the latest trend is because trends change, and also people's opinion it's it's subjective it's an opinion to, to to tell me that these are the 10 best uh because and you're basing it on off of um you know current comps is what you're basing that list off of when all of that can change uh next month and and so uh understanding that uh not all rookie cards are created equal do a little bit of homework get what you want but also keep in mind that when you go to try to resell that, uh, you may not, you know, you, you may not get what you what you're expecting only because it's typically traditionally not viewed as as a real rookie card. So be, be mindful of that. Yeah. Words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. Victor, listen, brother, mm -hmm. this was an unbelievable interview, man. Like you dropped so much wisdom in here. I'm going to have to come back and listen three or four times just to get it all because <laughs> like seriously, though, because like what you're doing for the hobby is it's awesome. You know, I, I love your crusade, what you're trying to do. And like I said in the beginning, the the sanctity and the purity of the, of the rookie card, it really is 
what the hobby's about. You know, everybody wants to chase that hot rookie, and it's it's been that way for a very long time, and I really appreciate it. Now, I, I heard you talking about I don't know if you've done it just yet, but are you looking to write a book? Is that correct? Yeah, I am. I'm yeah, I'm currently on chapter seven. Uh, I, I, I hope to have a book done by by the, the end of this year. Awesome. And um, I'll, I'll let you guys know when I release that book. But yes, uh, I definitely want to put this all on all, all this on paper and, and get it published. Uh, and, and maybe that uh, we'll see what that does. I don't know how, it, you know, how the hobby will respond. I know I do have, uh, you know, on my YouTube channel. Those who are subscribed, they're, they're pretty loyal uh, to, to the crusade as well. And I appreciate your support guys. Uh, but I, 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 I love talking with you guys because I'm like influencing the influencers. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. And, and that if, if all of us, uh, if you would just give me a chance and hear me out, I can almost guarantee that I can probably, I don't want to say change your mind, but you're going to say, man, I, I didn't like, I didn't like what you were doing, but now that I'm listening to you, what you're saying kind of does make sense. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's what I'm kind of hoping. And I think, um, once it's out there a little bit more, maybe people will pay attention. So we'll see how it all works yeah. out. It I remember not. you, you, <laughs> you know, but I, I remember you talking like you were saying, listen, you know, I have a little bit experience being in management and being in the union and the people that got things done were the people that were able to relay their message and not come across in a negative fashion, but more so positive, being able to work with those yeah. and, you know, the, the higher ups would that then eventually go ahead and, and, and listen to that message. So there's a lot of people out there that have a lot of great ideas, but if they're coming across belligerent or too passionate or just combative, the, the message gets lost. So, right. you know, I appreciate what you're doing. And I know that you also said when you first started, you were kind of that way. You were like, yo, what the hell's going on here? And I got, yeah. you know, you got up on that pulpit and it was, you know, fire and brimstone, but like right, since right. then, you know, you, you've kind of calmed down a little bit, but you're still pushing you know, in a positive manner. And, and I love everything that you're doing. Can't wait for that book to come out. Definitely when it comes out, going to have to get that signed by my man, Victor, <laughs> specialist. Yes, sir. Much respect goes out to Victor, the rookie card specialist. It takes a special person to do what Victor has done and continues to do for the hobby, fighting the good fight and staying true to his convictions. Tony and I are so grateful that you came on and blessed us with your wisdom. We definitely need more people like you to teach us to honor the past to allow for a better hobby future. Thanks again, Victor, for sharing. Now, don't forget to check us out this Thursday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern as we go live on YouTube. Come kick it with the cousins at the hobby's premiere hangout spot where everyone knows your name just like cheers with that being said if you like what you're hearing give us a follow rate review subscribe and spread the cousins gospel and as always keep focused keep positive and keep collecting ayo tone bring the beat back